Good morning. It is. The Facebook gods have smiled upon us, CJ. (laughs) Well, hello, everybody. Um, This is Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and you're watching or listening to a special, what I call a mezcal men and mystery version of Wine, Women, and Writing, because as you can see, this is not a woman on the other side of the screen for me. This is CJ Box, the author of, amongst many other books, the best-selling, New York Times best-selling Joe Pickett mystery thriller series. Welcome, CJ. Thank you. I'm, I'm surprised and amazed this is working. Thank you. I'm kind of surprised and amazed that it's working too. In fact, I, I keep wanting to check back um, on the live stream to make sure that it's not all just a dream. Um, and I, I'm going to double check one more thing. I am recording to this computer so that when and if this fails spectacularly, I still have a show um, to share with CJ. So um, you, you, if you're listening now to us, you have reached the show where our main focus is female characterization. It's writers who write great women, the real life experiences that they're based upon. And we do occasionally slide into profanity, oversharing or irreverence. So cover your ears. Um, this could get wild. Or as Joe Pickett would say, this could get Western on us here. So, so um, this is, I hear, the uh, witch number for Joe. I mean, he's, he's just about all grown up. Yeah, this, well, this is number 19, um, which amazes me because I never <laughs> thought there'd be a number two. But uh, um, yeah, it'll be out um, March 12th. It's called Wolfpack. It's probably, it's one of the wildest of all the books. Um, really a lot of fun to write. What made it different? I wanted to shake things up. I remember telling my editor and agent before I started it that, you know, 19 books into the series, I, I was, I'm always scared to death that, that um, the books or the series are going to become complacent. So I thought, let's shake things up. Let's um, have some major confrontations, maybe lose a few characters that people are familiar with. Um, and just to keep it, everyone, uh, keep readers on their toes and remind them that anything can happen to anybody in this series. Well, you did that, and and I, I noticed the difference. You know, with the last book, when, when we left Joe, it, I, he lost his job, was feeling dismal, and mm-hmm. um, came out in this one just running and gunning. I, I really enjoyed it. Good. Thank you. And you, you mentioned female characters. The book opens with a female game warden. It's the first time I've, I've introduced um, a character like that in the books. And uh, she's based on a real game warden that I did some ride-alongs with here in Wyoming. I was so excited. Um, Caitlin, right? Her name is Caitlin. Excited Correct. about Caitlin. And, um, and excited to learn that there is a female game warden out there. I mean, this is not a job for the faint of heart. No, it's not. It's a rough job. Um, you know, uh, so much of it is spent outdoors. So much of it is, is spent uh, away from any kind of town. And even for a male, you know, like Joe, and which has been portrayed in all the books, you know, they have districts in Wyoming that are up to 4,000 square miles. And rarely um, is there ever backup around if they get into trouble. And they pretty have to be very self-sufficient. And, um, but, and they all have the same jobs and that's to enforce the game and fish regulations. I love it. I, I thought that that was a wonderful inclusion and I, and I loved 
I really loved everything about that scene with her from, you know, I won't, I won't divulge and spoil, but just a taste of the first chapter. She's already having trouble, undignified, uncovering problems from the, from the get go. So she's, um, she's certainly no slouch. Um, I was, when I, when I first thought about having you on the show, I should tell you that I first read your books because as I mentioned, when we were off air, I live half the year in Wyoming and I live in Joe Pickett country, basically. Yes, um, we had a, we had a house in Banner and now we've moved up near Bighorn. And so I think of this book, this, um, this radio show kind of as my Pamela's fangirl book club, you know, I get to have who I want. So I wanted to show you that two years ago, you were in Sheridan for a book signing yeah. and I fangirled you. That's me coming to buy paradise Valley. So for oh, anyone well, that thank you. you're welcome. Got my dad a copy too. He's he's as I said the the original CJ Box fan in our family. So I'll have to thank him for introducing me to your books. But in case anybody ever doubted and thought she's just a shill, she just interviews whoever she's told to. You know what's the flavor of the week? Nope. I invite the people I like to read and the people that I'll drive to get in their well, you're welcome. You're very welcome. Um, and on the, the thought of this being kind of like a book club, I always have found that book clubs are mostly excuses to drink, you know, the, the ones that I've been a part of. If Joe Pickett was a member of a book club, what, what would he be drinking? Bourbon. Um, bourbon and water. And bourbon that, and water. That's probably, yeah, one of the, one of the things, um, I was recently asked that because a local bar wanted to serve what Joe Pickett drank. So I had to kind of look back and think. And it's, um, it's either beer um, or uh, when, in the first few books, Joe Pickett drank Jim Beam because he couldn't afford any, anything better. Now he, now he drinks Wyoming whiskey or um, Buffalo Trace, as uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say how much of CJ Box is in Joe Pickett, but at least his drinking taste, huh? That's right. It wouldn't so, be right to have Joe Pickett order a martini. <laughs> yeah, it would be funny. Um, so <laughs> if, if you were able to, would you have wanted to work outside like Joe does? Or are you into that? I, I've always been fascinated with it. I've never been a game warden. But um, way back when, 20, almost 30 years ago, when I first started kind of coming up with the idea of a character, um, I was doing, I was a local newspaper reporter in Saratoga, Wyoming, and I was doing ride-alongs with the local game warden. And that's when I realized that this particular guy and his job was a very good window into the kind of things I wanted to write about, which are resource-based and energy-based and wildlife issues and environmental issues, because they really are out there on their own and very autonomous. Um, I think some people who read the books assume that I must be stretching that, that they have such little... Um, connection with the headquarters, for example, but it's true. Um, you know, some game wardens rarely, if ever in their entire careers, go to the state capitol, for example, to talk to their bosses. They're, they're basically on their own. And um, because they are, they have to deal with things in a different way and um, interact with the locals in a different way. They're very much of the community, but at the same time, they have to be prepared for for anything because almost every unlike any other cop almost everyone they encounter is armed right you know and it's just and, yeah. and you have no idea you're out there all alone you have no idea what this person is bringing with them you know one of the things that i've enjoyed about looking at the series as a whole is 
you mentioned the resource base, the issues of wildlife management and um, energy management. Uh, and in this particular book, you get into the issue of the use of technology um, with wildlife, right. with the drones. And I find that really fascinating and very educational for people, the bulk of our country, who live in, in uh, urban settings. And you know, approach these issues from an entirely different way from someone that is living in a very isolated and rural state and working in a very isolated job. So uh, how did the drones right. come into play? Well, um, it, it is an issue with, with game and fish or fish and game departments across the country. But the idea came from, um, like, so people always ask where ideas come from. They come from everywhere. But um, we live on a small ranch. Uh, it's kind of treeless, um, very uh, hilly. And um, early last summer, I looked up and saw a drone coming over one of the hills from the side. I oh. still don't know who had it, what they were looking for. Um, it retreated, it went back over the hill, but it made me realize how vulnerable everybody is. And in an area like this, where there is, it's very much a hunting type community, drones can conceivably be used for spotting where the wildlife are, or in the case of the book, chasing them um, yeah. from a distance, which is a real different kind of ethical dilemma. Yeah, it was disturbing to think about. I guess I had thought about, well, I remembered as a kid in Wyoming, my dad had a little Piper Cub plane and, and mm. we would go look for antelope. Sure, <laughs> and, sure. <laughs> you know, you got low, you kind of pushed them where you wanted them to be so that they'd be there when you came back. And, um, and so, you know, it made me the think about it. The statute of limitations has run out on you, I think. <laughs> I I was, my fingers crossed as I opened my mouth there, like, oh, no, what have you done to your father? Um, but, you know, it, it, it hadn't thought about the issue of running them to death, you know, of people that weren't doing it for wildlife spotting or for hunting, or for hunting purposes, but to be mean, you know, to be cruel. And it was, it was disturbing. This one really made me think from the start about the incursion of, of technology and its good and its bad ways into the wilderness. So it's very interesting. Like I said, I've really enjoyed that yeah. about your books, that aspect. I've also enjoyed that you have a wide um, cast of characters. In fact, I, th I think of, of Joe as being just completely surrounded by estrogen um, of female characters in your book. Even his dog is a girl, you know, That's at right. least at this point. <laughs> but um, but tell me about some of your favorite female characters in the series. Besides well, certainly me. Joe's, Joe's <laughs> wife, Mary Beth, is um, very strong and very much a part of every book. And he relies on her um, constantly because she's she's actually she's the head of the library, the local, little local library. And she has access not only to research materials, but also to um some uh, criminal databases. So she can actually be running a lot of uh, information and finding things out while he's out in the field and relaying that. And that's been happening since the very first book. And I like, I like their very much like their relationship, but yeah, Joe has three daughters and um, as well as uh, just that Caitlin ham. And in, in this book, the really bad guy is a woman um, who comes really from. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and leads a, a group of um, four assassins known as the Wolf Pack. Uh, so, yeah, there is a lot. And, and it, when in one of the earlier books, I remember Joe Pickett 
referring to driving home at night to the returning to the house of feelings. And I know what that's like having three daughters of my own. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you, there's, there's another tie over there. You have a, a, you're surrounded by estrogen too. Oh my goodness. Yep. I love Mary Beth. I, you know, when I look at the books, you know, I think of them kind of almost as a, a crime fighting team. Like you say, she's got resources and she also seems to be with, with no disrespect to Joe, she's kind of the brains behind the operation. Absolutely. No argument from me or if Joe Pickett were here, he would agree with you as well. <laughs> I wondered too, if that, if that is based upon real life, um, CJ, it if, is. if, uh, <laughs> I thought I'd give you a softball in case you wanted to say, honey, I talk about <laughs> in all these interviews. You know, it's practically it's practically an homage to my wife. Um, so I really enjoy Mary Beth. Of course, she'd be drinking wine if this were her book club. She and her uh, her friend, the assistant DA, um, mm -hmm. really or assistant county attorney, really drink a, a lot of wine. Um, the daughters in these books, I have felt as a reader most attached to the books where the daughters have been very involved. Um, I, I guess because it is, it invites you into their house of feelings. Joe and his feelings about his daughter come out very strong in the books. And in this one, we've got a daughter who's in a bit of a, a situation again. So if you'll tell us a little bit about right. the, the youngest daughter, youngest daughter, Lucy, um, she's you know 18 so about to go about to leave and leave an empty nest for the first time in the in the books and for joe and mary beth but um lucy has kind of gotten short shrift in a lot of the books and throughout the series so i thought this time it was important to kind of highlight her and in this case she's um her boyfriend is a good guy joe kind of likes him as much as a guy can like a boyfriend of his daughter and but he begins to get suspicious about not only the boy but his father and the the connection they have to the drone and you know is, is kind of terrified that maybe his daughter has taken up with somebody who seems not what he seems to be and it, it creates you know several layers of conflict one is about the drone and the regulations the other is um his daughter and this guy Right, right. And, and it's fun to see her all grown up. Um, gosh, I remember reading Open Season and, and reading a piece of it that had Sheridan, the oldest daughter, mm -hmm. to my husband because he was saying, so these books your dad pushed off on you, are they good? You know, and I'm reading him a snippet. And, and really at that time, Lucy was, she was like all little kids. She was just kind of there, you know, sweet and mm -hmm. cute. And, and now she's a fully three-dimensional character with her own issues and her own feelings about her parents that are coming through. And, and it, watching her mature, that's been a lot of fun. Um, and the last book, seeing Sheridan, um, The Disappearing, uh, seeing Sheridan as a young adult following in her father's footsteps was, was pretty cool, too. Do you have any kids following in your footsteps? Um, no, uh, not yet. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've got three daughters. They're all they're uh, they're married in a way and a granddaughter. But um, you know, all three of the girls are good natural writers. Although I tell them that, and I think they don't believe me. But they are very good. They can write conversationally. They write they write really really well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe someday one of them or two of them took it up. But at this point, they're not. Um, they are 
my first readers, along with my wife, when, oh, when every cool. manuscript is done, the daughters and my wife get it immediately, offer notes, and then I take it from there. Are they, are they harsher than your, than your editors? I mean, are they holding your feet to the fire? They do, um, especially, especially when it comes to, to uh, female characters. Good. Um, I've got, I think I've gotten better at it, but they, they would uh, very harshly point out that a woman would not think this way, do this or say this. And, um, and then, and they are always right. So I do make those changes. <laughs> That's a good motto. Just in general, living in a house of feelings is they're always right. Yes. But I love that. I love that you have a whole team of female readers because you do write a very male protagonist. He is a guy and you get him just right. You relate to that. But man, your female characters, I don't ever sit there and think that that would never happen. And and there's variety in their personalities. You know, that is maybe my top critique of a lot of male writers that I read is they maybe get one woman right, but they that's as far as the frame of reference goes. And possibly men would say the same thing about females writing men, but you do. It's very clear that um, you are in touch with the women in your book. I I don't want to say your female side. That'd just be terrible, but you, you are in touch with how to write these women. And it really shows one of them that I have enjoyed is Missy, Mary Beth small, the evil mother-in-law and who keeps She's like a cat, man. She just keeps appearing. But this book, she was at a dull roar, but a perpetual bad guy. Right. She's probably Joe's worst nemesis of, of everybody he's ever faced. And for the reasons you su- suggest, she just keeps coming back. And um, she's always got a different husband and she's got a different scheme. And she may go away, but she's always going to resurface w- when he least needs her around. And, um, that when I first, she was introduced in the third book, Winter Kill, and, um, the character was just so much fun to write. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there has to be tension on every page and, you know, poor Joe has so many things going on in his life. This is the last thing he needs. So of course she shows up when, when he can't, when everything else is going pear shaped. I mean, it, it, for those of you that haven't read the books that Missy really has an impact on, it, her impact ranges from being harmful to his marriage, to his relationship with his daughters, to his standing in the community, to his job, to being the bad guy. I mean, she has depth, this woman. She has range. <laughs> um, yeah, she's bad. So I mentioned earlier that when I fangirled and came to see you at Sheridan Stationery, yay, um, that the book I was picking up, was not a Joe Pickett book. It was a Cassie Duell book. And I know we're here to talk about Wolfpack, but just real briefly, I wanted to make sure that for anybody that thinks of CJ as the author of only the Joe Pickett books, if that's not the case, he has the Cassie Duell um, mystery thrillers and a few other standalones as well. Just quickly tell us a little bit about Cassie because I think she's a wonderful character. Um, Cassie is uh, is introduced um, as uh, Cody Hoyt's um, fellow sheriff's deputy in in uh, the book Back of Beyond, and then continues on to, through the highway, and then uh, Badlands Paradise Valley, and then there'll be a book out in August um, called The Bitterroots with Cassie now in a new role as a private detective in Montana, and I love writing her character and. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know if this is a compliment or not, but two of my daughters prefer Cassie Duell to Joe Pickett when they when they read the series, and they especially are excited about the new book. And I think it's because she's um, she's almost a kind of a female Joe Pickett in that she's not perfect. Um, uh, she, you know, is, is a little bit overweight. Um, she's not the person who turns every head in the room, but she's very dogged and she gets in the middle of things that are, are very dark. And in this yeah. new book, it's going to be the same case. It's, it's much grittier. Um, you know, even though it's still a, a, um, a rural based, um, protagonist and, and plots, it's very gritty and she is perfectly important perfect she's a single mom her pants are always too tight you know <laughs> you know and just she's got a lot of 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 issues that have occurred in her life that make her a little darker um so you know it, i think that it's a really nice counterpoint and i've enjoyed them a lot so i look forward to better roots uh, i really enjoyed wolf pack um so for those of you that haven't seen the cover moody and beautiful and I so appreciate you being on the show today. So next next time you're up and shared, I'll have to swing in and fangirl again. But this time I'll say, I am that woman. I'll <laughs> remember. Thank you. <laughs> Technology. For those of you that haven't picked up a copy yet, you guys go out, start at the beginning with open season, run the table, um, but be sure to read uh, uh, Wolfpack. It's a great read. Can't believe that Joe Pickett is all grown up in 19... 19- you know, books old, but um, it doesn't show not a gray hair on his head as far as the freshness, freshness of the series is concerned. So here's your to do list for this week, guys, besides getting Wolfpack, um, pick up a copy of my live wire, which came out, believe it or not, today. It was coincidental to this interview and get out to CJ's website. Check out some of the things he has going on, the events he has coming up at cjbox.net. My website for some big giveaways in relation to my new release and a copy of um, Stephanie Queen's Beach Comer Gone if you want to prepare for next week's interview. I do have to mention this has been a copyrighted production solely owned by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, as I promise to say every time. Thank you to Pam Stack and all the great people there. And for you, dear listeners, thanks for joining us. Until next time, here's to real women and real men, those who write them and good wine and really great books. Thank you. Thanks, CJ.